I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together we, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre. Of the same genre. And watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally war! <laughs> what is it good for? <laughs> Guess what oh today's my... subject is. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Sorry. Oh, I've I always believe he that. He said before we started recording, he had an idea for an intro. He wasn't sure whether he'd do it, but you did do it, dude. I did do I it. I heard it just then. And I gave it gusto. <laughs> awesome. I yes. wasn't expecting that. So anyway, here we are. We're back. It's been another hiatus. I've been um, prancing around uh, various parts of Europe working and uh, then being stuck in uh, in various bits of London working, unfortunately. But mm. we are back with We Watch Anything episode 37. Yes, the 37th golden nugget from the podcast tree is here. <laughs> and I've already given away the subject. It's war. It's war. Yes. Decided yes. on last time and acted upon this time in a military yeah. sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was excited about war in a way in that... I definitely grew up... We discussed this a bit last time. Yeah. You didn't particularly like war films. I definitely did. Although when I think about it, you know, then I say, oh, War Eagles Dare, or The Great Escape, or, you know... Exactly. I did sort of love war films, but not, you know... I would never... Yeah, I I mean, I definitely went through a stage when... I've mentioned this before, when I went to the local video shop and I would get out Dirty Dozen sequels, I'd get out Missing in Action sequels, I'd get out any old Vietnam War film that I could get... You know, I definitely went through not a guns and ammo stage. I never got sort of obsessed with, with, with whether it was with well with guns. Yeah, but I just I just loved a war film. And um, yeah, saying I, that, I, but... I, I'm, I'm sort of yeah thinking about that. You know, I did love Call of Duty. Oh yeah, yeah. Was it Call of Duty? No. Oh, yeah. you mean Band of Brothers, don't you? No, I've never seen Band of Brothers. Haven't you? Oh, Tour of Duty. Was it Tour of Tour Duty? Tour of Duty. The one yeah. that starts with um, painted black by the Stones. Yeah, 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 and. Oh, what was that other one that I was thinking about the other day? The, the thing is, the 80s actually was quite a sort of... It was a vintage time for Vietnam movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then Second World War movies kind of didn't stop getting made, but there weren't nearly as many made in the 80s as no. there had been sort of like 20 years before. Yeah. And and now, of course, we're getting boatloads of ones. Well, I've just watched one, actually. I just watched Dunkirk a couple of days ago. Oh, I've not seen that yet. Is it good? Oh, I thought it was fantastic, to be honest with you. Really Absolutely fantastic. It's like an exercise <laughs> in stillness and calm to be even more terrifying. Yeah, it's oh, brilliantly really? done. Brilliantly done. Mm. I loved it. I saw Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, I haven't seen that yet either. Well, I quite enjoyed it. I'll be interested to hear what you think. I thought it was good. I just wish they'd toned down the music. The music is so... Hollywoody. Oh, really? And, and I, I really think, honestly, because it's, it's, it's fantastic in lots of ways, and it's about an incredible story and an, and an incredible human being. Yeah. But I just felt like they really paint the um, the mood with the music, and it really and it and it did get it did come between me and the film, frankly. Just I just made it cheesy as all hell. An interview with the director the other day, he said he doesn't like music in films or music in his films. Oh, really? He's a British director. He just made. Um, 
Lead right. on Pete, it's called, I think. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've, seen, I've heard some reviews. And, of that. Uh, yeah. But he was saying that he actually doesn't like that sort of musical manipulation, mm, and mm. he'd rather steer clear of it. He said he's fine, you know, watching it in other movie, people's movies, but he actually would rather speak, make, let the movie speak for itself, than than just manipulate people in a sort of simple way with music. That's very interesting because I watched a really good documentary called The Farthest, which is all about the Voyager probes. And there was this bit when they showed um, Carl Sagan making his pale blue dot speech. Yeah. And they really, you know, it's a fantastic bit in the documentary. It's a really cool speech and they really use mood music. So I was actually, just on this subject, I was really geeky and went onto YouTube and found the full unedited press conference because ah, I wanted cool. to see. And frankly, it still had the same effect because <laughs> I still found it like I got goosebumps from him saying what he says. It's really cool. But anyway, I just... Yeah, Not a war movie. Although, you know, it is a war attrition. <laughs> if you um, watch When a Man Loves a Woman, oh yeah, there's that bit in it where they play um, Everybody Hurts, the R.E.M. song. That is absolutely yeah. a calculated make people cry music drama. Though. Yeah, well, actually talking about this... <laughs> I just thought of another example, but just, just the other day I rewatched for the first time for ages Notting Hill, ah. and and I I I would I would still say I have a soft spot for that film, but yeah. I think it is dating rapidly. Oh really? Like it's it's, it's definitely like... not my favourite Richard Curtis, but no. it's um, I yeah, it's not something I ever really want to watch either. Strangely, <laughs> no, but although a friend, friend of mine. <laughs> just, reckons... no, I'm imagining someone tuning into the war episode who's getting seriously pissed off. (laughs) A a friend of mine uh, used to be mates with Risa Farns and reckons he taught him the getting stoned in a uh, motorcycle helmet trick, though. Oh, really? Mm. That is is interesting. Yeah. Um, So, war. What what is it good for? (laughs) This podcast. Maybe I should have done that at the beginning. Um, (laughs) We didn't. Mm, yeah. I, I when I when I was looking at choosing what war movies we were going to do. Um, mm. I mean, you came up with some great. You came up with a great idea of like air, sea, and land, and I thought that was cracking. And then I started to watch an air one. Full disclosure, people, I started to watch an air one that wasn't even funny bad. It was just so meh I couldn't face carrying on with it, mm. and um, so I switched to something else. But uh, you know, I, I it went through my head: should I do? You know, there's should we be clever? And should we do like you know, um, you know, Starship Troopers? You, you can say it's a war film. Oh, definitely, yeah. But it's also a sci-fi action movie. And then I was like, I was looking at through the gamut of things. Go, should we do that? And then you think, you know what? No, absolutely not. Let's let's stick to the let's stick to the uh, the brief people. Mm. And let's not deviate from the mission. Ah, and uh, <laughs> we'll go with straight war. war. So we picked three straight war films, essentially. I believe we did. Yeah. And do you want to hear about mine, dude? Is oh, well, that, that is what I was to? sort of hoping you'd say. <laughs> okay, in a sort of slightly good. coquettish fashion. Jono, <laughs> tell me about the war. Oh, oh um, <laughs> that took me by surprise. Um, I, I Okay, here's my film. I saw Soldiers of Fortune mm. uh, from 2012. And that sounds like the most generic title in history. Yep. And... But in fact, as you'll see, it's a slightly cleverer title than you might think. Oh. Slightly. Is so, the person in charge of them called Fortune? <laughs> no, oh, no, I wish. Oh, that would have been cool. In very, the first thing you see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go straight into the plot. Hit me. It's got Christian Slater, okay. And the first thing you yes. see is in the past. It's somewhere in the Middle East, and Christian Slater is in charge of some kind of military op that is going down, and the op goes wrong, 
because um, one of his men is dressed up as a woman and then she's going into and he's going into a an encampment he's captured then Christian Slater single-handedly goes in and busts his mate out of there but at the ti- same time he we meet the bad guy of this one of the bad guys in this movie is do you say his name Colm Meany C-O-L-M-Meany yeah, Colm I think it's Colm isn't it Colm yeah yeah anyway well, I like Colm Meany I didn't know who he was yeah there. me too yeah 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 oh. um um, so he plays Mason, who's a kind of evil CIA Is operative. He a okay. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a meanie. So that's the opening bit. Then fast mm. forward a few years, Christian Slater is playing poker and he's broke and he runs a business, but it's not going very well. Anyway, and he's playing this poker game and the game breaks out into a fight, which Slater wins. But then it turns out that it was all a pretend fight to see if he still has his fighting chops. Because you see, Christian Slater, he was a legendary soldier. Uh, you know, okay. He's kind of awesome. Anyway, and the people that sort of were at this poker game, uh, this kind of they all seem to have Russian accents, and they want him to uh, lead a band of freedom fighters oh, right. to, to free an island called, <laughs> called Snake Island. Snake Island, which is under the power of a dictator, okay? Um, Sounds good to me. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, Slater says no. Uh, but then it turns out that the dictator's sort of head of um, badness is Cole Meany again. Um, oh. Slater says, oh, yes, because it's his chance to get even with uh, the CIA baddie. OK, I'm nearly at the end of my plot, people. So I'm still excited. He goes to base camp, but it turns out that the army that he's been asked to lead doesn't really have any money, and it funds itself by a new kind of thing called war touris- tourism. Okay. Oh. So it's like a it's like a, a the, an uber working holiday. So basically, it's absolute uber rich tools. You know, billionaires, oligarchs, can pay to sort of join a bit of war to actually come along and be do a bit part of killing of, people. Do a bit of killing people and and getting in genuine thing. And so and oh, then okay. then the film sort of makes a slight mis- change in atmosphere because it becomes a little bit more obviously sort of slightly going for laughs as in it we meet the rich band of misfits and then there's the trading up of the misfits and then it's the mission which as you can imagine goes to a goes awry and that's as far as i'm going to go in terms of plot oh, but that's so... why do you see what i mean soldiers of fortune see? oh i see because they have fortunes yes so, right off the bat with me saying i went for three very sort of classic war films because i thought this was going to be a classic dirty dozen sort of kind of vibe it's not well, it's not, and it is, as in they are. It's got some of that. You're right. It's not Dirty Dozen, yeah. but the point is that they they they're not a crack team, but they are a small team that has to carry out some kind of mission. But no, to be honest, dude, this is more like The Expendables. Okay. And uh, do you, and do you want to hear? So the misfits, the rich ones. I'm going to tell you about them. Okay, hit me with the misfits. Because listen, listen to this. Okay, one of them is played by Sean Bean. Oh, One of them God. is played by Ving Rhames. One of them is played by Dominic Monaghan. One of them is played by James Cromwell. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I was just like, what? How did this cast happen <laughs> under the radar? I know. And there is, in fact, another one. And I can't remember the name played of the fifth one. No one particular. <laughs> just someone else. But, like, so so each one of these Poshitons has their sort of, like, set of characteristics. It's quite funny. Like, like James Cromwell is, like, grizzled and old and cynical. Yeah. And he's been married multiple times and he likes old booze. Sean Bean is sort of more tough and outdoorsy. And he's already kind of, like, comfortable with weapons and blah, blah, blah. Bing Rame seems to be... He does this really weird accent and seems to be an arms dealer who has his own private feud with the dictator bad guy right. Dominic Monaghan 
he's playing a kind of computer games um, impresario who, who has a broken foot throughout this, and he's like he's on crutches <laughs> throughout. And I was just thinking, surely he this must be no, you wait. That, that can't be in the script, surely. And I'd looked it up, and it turned out no, it wasn't in the script. He did actually break his foot while surfing, uh... so they wrote it into the film. And then the fifth guy, who I can't remember the name of, is a hateful sort of Wall Street scum sucker who's on a low carbs diet. So, <laughs> is that why he's angry the whole time? Yes. So, don't, I mean, what do, what do you think of that? Please. Don't you think, think this it sounds, sounds quite fun? I think it sounds really fun. So it sounds like a big old bucket. Look, I will watch anything with Ving Rhames in. I think Sean Bean is questionable, but then that's partly because his character in Ronin is so awful. No, I love Sean Bean. That stays with him. So I'll, and I'll, I'll generally watch anything with him in. Yeah. And um, who's the other person? Dominic Monaghan, Ving Rhames. I feel average about Ving Rhames. I say, I love, love a bit of him. Um, uh, James Cromwell. And Christian Slater. I love me some Christian Slater. He informed my childhood, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, it, this is absolutely awful. Um, it's a terrible, terrible movie for a number of reasons. First of all, the camera never stops moving. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's that thing, you know, when someone's standing still and the camera just thinks, I'll swoop this way to the left and now I'll swoop this way yeah. to the right. And it is constant. And I mean constant. It's just like, I just, just imagine them sort of like creeping around the people just going, stop <laughs> trying to act. Stop going through my line of vision. And I think it definitely wanted to be like the Expendables. And I suspect the people who signed up, I'm sure they just wanted the cash, but I, I, I think maybe they thought at the back of the mind, maybe this will be like an Expendables type film. Yeah. But it is appalling. The script is terrible. There is <laughs> you you never you never laugh once. Yeah, at, at the sort of cuz like I said it's not going for laughs as such it goes for sort of tongue in cheek. The violence is is cartoonish. They don't look like trained soldiers in the way that a really serious war film does, you know, when they've really trained their actors yes. like proper soldiers. They just look like actors dicking about with guns. And it's just it, but it, it's it's awful. I recommend you watch it, though, because <laughs> I've seen loads of films like this that are just terrible because they're bad films. But I've not seen a film quite so bad with such a good cast. Do you know okay. what I mean? So it's a, it's a it's curio. Kind of, yeah, it's really interesting because for a start, Christian Slate is amazing. He doesn't look much older than he did in 1994. No. I mean, he looks incredible. He doesn't need Mr. Robot either. It's ridiculous. No, I mean, he just looks amazing. And I do like looking at his face. I'll yes, always enjoy looking at his face. face. But he has some of the worst lines in it, and and the sort of sort of like cheesy machismo they're kind of going for, between, going for, going for in in, in the various relationships. It just is just not carried off. Is at there all. anything to enjoy, or is it just a sort of an exercise to watch it to go, oh wow, look how shit something can be? Yeah, no, I don't, I I think the only the only reason it's enjoyable is because that cast is good, and watching them flounder around in this piss poor film is kind of interesting but no definitely jokes aside definitely don't watch it um <laughs> it's just awful oh and I, i'm no tactical whiz you know but there's this gunfight towards the end where christian slater's idea of taking cover seems to be leaning against a box <laughs> it's just like what the frick are you doing i know you're definitely going to die if you stay there <laughs> and i've never been in the army <laughs> this is really funny bit. okay actually dude there is this there is starting so- to sound quite funny <laughs> no, there aren't any sort of best line, worst lines, but I've sort of got a best line, worst line that's actually just a situation. So I'll just describe it for you now. There's this hilarious, hilarious bit when 
they're, they're sort of like approaching Snake Island on a boat. Yeah. And they start being fired at by rocket launchers. And it's like you get the, <laughs> the explosions on the sea. And then Ving Rhames kind of makes his way up the boat and goes to Christian's, Christian Slater. goes, hey, I, I actually sell these missiles. I know how they work. We need to zigzag. And he's like, well, what? You don't need to have expertise in <laughs> missiles to know that if you're being fired at, it might be worth taking a bit of evasive action. <laughs> it's like him going up to go, I've seen these before. These are quite, these are called bullets. You need to avoid the Just bullets. Just make sure you, put, you stop them going into your body. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, the director... Oh, man, I've lost it now, but he's got a long sort of Russian name and he doesn't have any... No, I think he has one other credit. Yeah. And his wife's in this as the sort of love interest... Um, it was all filmed in the Ukraine, um, so it was very cheaply made. And you know, the, the, if you look at sort of Christian Slater's, you know, latter films, he's definitely just you know he's gone down the B movie route, hasn't he? Yeah, he's well, until sort of, you know, I think Mr. Robot on Amazon has sort of picked up his mm. fortunes again. But definitely, he was you know he was a he was a young cool teen who made um, some great movies. Yeah, but not in this. Not this. Oh, shame. No. no. All right. I'm well. still. I, in a strange way, I'm glad I watched it, but it was not good, and I really don't recommend D it. D minus. It's an out. E. I think it's E plus. E plus. All right. Yeah. yeah it's Had really that really bad. Shadows. Yeah. Shadows. Shallows. I'm an idiot. Oh, it's 2012, and it's an hour and 34 minutes long. Well, see, this is yeah. the problem. This is the problem. I think I forgot about war movies. This is when I backed out of the the, the flying one. I was going to watch. Because it was two and a, it was almost two and a half hours long, and after forty five minutes, I wanted to kill myself. But no, I didn't. This thing, I didn't want to kill myself. I was just sat there, stony faced, going, "Ugh, yeah. when will this end?" So instead, I flipped it around, mm-hmm. and I went for another one of our choices. And I, one of the things that influenced me was the cover, purely because the first thing you see on the poster is Nick Cage. Oh yes. At which yes. point you Who just go. Like? Yeah, I'm probably going to watch this, aren't I? Um, <laughs> and then the second thing that got me was the title. USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. Don't care about the Men of Courage bit, but for any film fan, the USS Indianapolis should really ring incredibly true. And if it doesn't, you're wasting your time. Stop <laughs> listening to us. Go and watch Jaws. Then listen to us after you've watched Jaws. Then go watch Jaws again and then listen to another episode of of we watch anything and mm. also watch review yours. and we'll watch yours yeah. anyway <laughs> so i was like i'm pretty sold i like oh okay the indianapolis it's gonna there's gonna be navy history. there's gonna be sharks there's gonna be history there's gonna be more shark and it's gonna be all throughout out there there's gonna be nick cage sort of going big nick cage kind of thing um and so i signed up and then i looked saw who the director was and it's directed by mario van peebles Mary Van Peebles, who was like the biggest thing in the universe when he made New Jack City. Oh, okay. And he's yes. just this sort of big new force in kind of like black cinema. And his dad was um, uh, Melvin Van Peebles, who was like the ultimate black exploitation filmmaker. They made the bi- yeah. biopic Badass about. And yeah, so Mary Van Peebles was in Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. But badass spelt B A A D A S S S S S S S song, where he sort of there's some sort of sexual scene where he was actually underage in it, and there's this whole thing about yada yada yada. Anyway, so but Mario Van Peebles is a you know he's a he was 
was a name. So you're like, wow, it's got Marathon Peoples. It's directed by, it's got, it's got Nick Cage in it. Um, and then shortly after the movie started, I find out it's got Tom Sizemore in as well, which I'm going, oh, brilliant. This is awesome. I love me some Tom Sizemore. Um, so for anyone who hasn't watched Jaws or who hasn't listened to us, gone and watched Jaws and come back to this podcast, the USS Indianapolis was the ship that delivered um, some parts for Little Boy, I want to say. One of the two nuclear weapons that was dropped on Japan, anyway. Yeah. And they were on this top secret mission. They delivered the parts. And then when they started to return to the US, they were torpedoed by a Japanese submarine, which would have been okay um, had it not been a super hush-hush secret mission so no one really acknowledged the fact they'd gone down. And also would have been okay to a certain extent had they not been in the most hideously shark-infested waters of all time. Really? And uh, it's still the largest loss of life from any U.S. naval uh, vessel it. ever. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, so basically, yeah, these, these poor people were adrift for like four days, getting picked off slowly by sharks. It was something like 900. It was a crew of about 900. About 150 died with the ship, and then only about 300 survived after the sharks ate everyone in the water, basically. It was just this utter carnage thing. So you're going, this is going to be great. There's going to be shark action. Love it, love it, love it, love it. It's also mm-hmm. got Thomas Jane in, who I didn't realize until the end. I was going, who's that? Is that? But he was, um, he played the Punisher. You know, he's like a sort of... Um, oh, God, yes, yes. And he's in The Mist, isn't it? Thomas Jane in The Mist, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, it tries to make you care about these characters, and then they all obviously end up on the... On the um, on the ship and the ship sets mm. off and you find out how treacherous the mission is and then you see that there's this, there's this sort of like real kind of like ooh tension moment because you know the ship's going to sink if you know what's going to happen and it's a bit early on where you're like ooh Japanese are going to get them and it's actually quite an interesting thing where the Japanese talk about these chitons which I didn't know about which were manned torpedoes they were like the kamikaze torpedoes oh, yeah. Yeah, which mm. is kind of interesting anyway they get sunk and um, and then there is much sharking and that sort of took us. That was about forty-five minutes in before they get sunk, which is right. bit, I think it's a decent like build-up. Yeah, to it. I think that's probably how long I'd expect. And then yeah. there's a lot of sharking. And then you're looking at it, going, "God, there's loads of this left." And actually, what it does do at the end is sort of deals with the aftermath for half an hour, kind of thing. Because, right. uh, well, I won't I won't spoil the surprise for anyone, although it's a historical thing. But yeah. the biggest thing to to kind of like. To, to hold it, the thing, the thing that really hit me mm. is this is a, such a classic. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! Because <laughs> Mario Van Peebles was the biggest thing in the universe when he made New Jack City, and this is essentially a TV movie. It's um. so TV. The effects, oh my word! I think they must have used real sharks for quite big bits. Although there's a couple of unbelievably bad CG shark scenes <laughs> or bits of like where they've stitched other footage in. The there is some. Oh my word! When when the ship pulls out of port, it's a, it's a full CG sequence. So it tracks over a bridge and onto the deck, and it just looks like a bad computer game. It's <laughs> terrible, and but it did teach me one thing. The movie itself is pretty bad. It's very TV movie. Like look, Tom Sizemore chews the scenery like he always does. And I yeah. love him for it. And Nick Cage does exactly what you expect Nick Cage to do. He's he's not he's not quite in sort of like rah rah kind of Nick Cage mode. Yeah. He's more sort of like. Oh, I'm slightly reflexive Nick Cage mode, um, but and there's obviously this, you know, there's there's, there's highs and lows. But well, the one thing it did teach me, which I kind of found interesting, is that if you're going to have 
a cast of thousands, which you sort of have to do, but because you need, you know, you you focus on a lot of these different sailors kind of thing. There's these two guys who are having a feud. There's a guy who loves a girl. There's a love triangle thing with him. There's a guy who's writing a book. There's the chaplain. There's so and so. There's so and so. So and so. So and so. So and so. If you don't cast well-known actors, they all merge into the same person. Apart from the it's you know they're wearing the same uniform. They yeah. look vaguely similar. And half the time I spent watching this movie, going, was he the one who? I don't know. I have no idea what these people actually look like. I have literally no clue. But it also doesn't matter because this movie is quite bad, and I'm just going to go with it. And it just—I would not recommend watching this. Really? Yeah. I'd like. Well, I can tell you don't like it, but I suppose it's, it's not. Oh, I don't know. You sounded it's like you quite enjoyed it from the history perspective. I mean, well, I'm the sure, thing I, is, actually, to be honest with you, right at the end, they have a couple of talking heads with actual survivors, of the Indi- Indianapolis, and I was oh, like, about yeah. to come down on my seat, going, "That's the movie I want to watch. Those guys, yeah. get them, 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 them." <laughs> because <laughs> all these stupid subplots about like, oh, I bought her an engagement ring, and I, she's pregnant now, and I thing, and I stole the engagement ring, and better. You don't care. It's almost like it tries to do a Titanic. Mm. I didn't care about Titanic either, but. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't care about these guys. I mean, I, and, but like some of the shark stuff is cool. Actually, oh, yeah. Some of it is really well done. When it, it's either really crap or really well done. And there is a lot of humour derived from the fact of like Nicolas Cage at one point is in a tiny raft with a tiny paddle paddling along, and that's quite funny. Um, <laughs> there is a very funny line that I think I think it's sort of I don't know if it's intentionally funny or not. I mean, it, oh my god, there are so many awful cheesy cut off limb effects as well where you can just oh, really? see where they've you can see where they've rotoscoped around the limb and, or just painted it out kind of thing because there's lots of you know <laughs> limbs been chopped off by sharks and stuff um and the, but yeah. and the sinking of the boat when the boat actually sinks that's very well done i have to say um oh good there's a point when nicholas cage is sort of they're on this raft and he's kind of doing a, a voiceover. He kind of like, you know, dear diary letter to his wife in his head. And he's sort of in his head. He's, he's sort of going, <laughs> dear diary. Yeah, dear diary. Still at sea. Things no, not going well at sea. <laughs> he says, I fear I've let the men down. I try little things to give them hope. And then it cuts to him sort of in real life just going, spam! <laughs> See, <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a great scene when a guy starts vomiting over the side of one of the life rafts and a great white just jumps out of the sea and, and pulls him over and, and bites his head off. That's that's cool. Other than that... Good. that sounds good. Watch that, yeah. So fast forward about an hour and a half in to watch a guy getting eaten while vomiting. That's cool. And that's mm. right about there. And Nick Cage says his spam line, and then go and watch something else because this is frank. This is a D minus D, yeah, D minus. I mean, it does sound bad, and it sounds like the kind of film where I would just be there going, "I'd rather watch a documentary or read a book about it's, this." It's exactly what it is. And the, the, the biggest mistake they make is giving those couple of talking heads at the end, which are obviously meant to make you well up, but actually made me want to watch a different film. Yeah, yeah. They do that at the end of Hacksaw Ridge as well. No, oh, really. Mm. so yeah there we it's go really cool. don't bother oh well I'm sorry to hear that dude yeah so, we've both had a couple of don't bothers yeah disappointing anyway mm. let's mm. move on the siege of Fireblaze Fireblaze Firebase <laughs> Gloria 
it I also gave I keep saying fly Flyerblaze Goria. Directed by um, a kind of Brit Aussie exploitation director called Brian Trenchard Smith. Who, who we have met before on the podcast. Yes. Who did Night of the Demons 2 that we both enjoyed very, very, that very, was very it. much. And yeah. who Tarantino um, uh, hails as one of his favorite influences. Um, mm. And starring Wings Hauser, which is just one yes. of the best names ever. And <laughs> really one of is. my favorite war movie actors of all time. Uh, Lee Ermey, who sadly passed away last year, maybe? Or year yeah, before? recently. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, do you want to give us a plot summary, Shono? Yeah, sure. I mean, basically, it's all about... Um, it, 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 <laughs> sorry, I'm just doing my Hugh Grant impression. <laughs> really annoying. Um, so it's about a tough sergeant and his sidekick, tough sergeant being R. Lee Ermey and, and Wingshauser being the sidekick, and they end up at this sort of it's called Denardo the sidekick. I just want to, I'm going to say that now. It's called it relevant later. Denardo. Oh, Denardo. And they basically they're they're in Vietnam, and um, it's just about the time of the. It's towards the end of Vietnam, isn't it? As in the Tet Offensive, is it? Yes. Called? Yeah. Yeah. It's around yeah. the Tet Offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they end up at. They this... start off on a routine patrol in the jungle or something, don't they, essentially? That's right, right. Yeah. And and basically, things go bad, and they end up at this this base, which is demoralised and full of people just getting stoned. Well, it's and... being led by an almost sort of Colonel Kurtz-type figure. <laughs> yeah, just a very Colonel Kurtz-type figure. Completely off his nut. Yeah, and, 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 it, and, and in short, it's that classic type... It's a classic siege film from then on, because they have to try and um, whip this this sort of base into shape because it's going to become the the site of a um you know a, a rock's drift type attack yeah and it's they're gonna they're heavily outnumbered and they need to they need to try and not die before then they've, they've had a couple of sort of encounters with the enemy yeah there's definitely i mean there's a good sort of 25 minutes of film before they actually get to the, base, through the jungle there? and shooting um, yeah. people in boats and yeah. finding dead children and Finding yeah. a live child who they then take with them. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a it starts in quite upsetting fashion, as in straight like right yeah. right away you see you see them get at this village where there are loads of severed heads and and dead children and things like that. So it's like straight away punches you kind of with that kind of stuff, and then it's it's quite a strange film in that sense, isn't it? Because it's it's like a, you can tell it's an eighteen, and it's a, very much an eighteen from nineteen eighty nine. Yes, and as it as in it seems to sort of go from sort of like humour to the kind of stuff that frankly you could show at someone of almost any age maybe not quite to really quite surprising and amounts of sort of you know corpses and, and skeletons <laughs> with crabs in them and things yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um it, yeah. it really does and and then sort of punctuating all of this is Ali Ermi being Ali Ermi well I just, mm. at times he's just sort of saying dialogue but then he sort of slips into back into being the sergeant the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket and that makes me really happy every time he does that yeah he definitely get. Yeah, he definitely does, and I would say there's quite a lot of voiceover. You know, yes, there's quite a, lot of, lot, quite a lot of voiceover. It's peppered throughout. I think when they just sort of realised, oh, there's, this isn't quite clear what's going on here. It's not annoying voiceover though. I found it perfect. You know, it's just voiceover, but he does it quite a lot. He's the sort of he's the the person you're seeing the film through. You know, the first it's his voiceover story. I really really enjoyed was when they get to the village right at the beginning. Mm. Um, and this isn't the best line, worst line, although it was an early contender for it <laughs> when he says. The people were friendly. We liked them and they liked us. So it really hurt us to see their heads on stakes. 
this rotten war was getting to us. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's just spectacularly awful. Oh yeah, well we we are going to differ on this. Oh really? Yeah, I, I, and I I didn't hate it. Oh good, oh, I didn't good. hate okay, it at all. But I was like, place. I do not know whether this is a Z or not. Oh no, I don't think it's a Z because I think I... it's just appalling. <laughs> like everyone in it moves like they've never held a gun before and never seen. They like they did. They they almost did an opposite of boot camp for this. I think they sent everyone to ballet. I know, I know. They all they all hold their guns out like kind of like well yeah, just like children do. Like, play guns. <laughs> I think when yeah, they're playing exactly. guns. And yeah. Wingshauser, who is his second in command, who's meant to be this thing. He's quite pudgy. His performance hard... in this, I found absolutely hilarious. I he... really enjoyed his performance, and it's like there are some absolutely so awful bits bad. of face acting towards the end. But like, I oh thought he was hilarious. God, he's awful. And Ali Ermi <laughs> says his name every three seconds. Donardo, 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 Donardo. I mean, it is just, just awful. Halfway through my notes, you'll say, "Stop saying Donardo." <laughs> well, I. So okay, it sounds like we're in a slightly. I thought for a minute we were going to have a complete divergence of opinion there, but no, no, I I definitely liked it. Utter dross. I definitely liked it more than you. As in, for me, it felt like yeah, total dross, like B movie rubbish. But I just found myself like just, I was totally taken in. I was quite enjoying it. I was enjoying the bad, like you know, the bad face acting. I really hated Donato. Oh, I liked him. Yeah, I just thought I I love. In fact, I like most of the actors in it, even though they were doing quite bad performances. Like that ridiculous helicopter pilot towards the end. Did you I notice him? I loved the ridiculous helicopter pilot. He I, can't, was I didn't know down who he was. I meant to. I meant to find out. Oh, who I looked him up. He's called because I sort of recognised him and I Me couldn't too. place him. I wish I could say I placed him before looking him up, but I didn't. But his name is Gary Hirschberger. And he played. This is a good one. I know the college, name. the college-aged Robert Redford, at the beginning of the film Sneakers. Oh wow! No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where I recognise him from. Not a jock in something. Yes, I think so. I mean, oh, I've just worked out who he is. <laughs> oh God, he's. Who? Oh my God, that's why. <laughs> who is it? He's in Twin Peaks. Oh, of course he is, yeah. He's Mike Nelson in Twin Peaks. Yeah. He's Laura Palmer's ex. He, he still gets work. He's still alive, still going strong. Lots of people in this film seem to die, by the way. Lots of them have... Yeah, lots. This is the thing. This, this is one of the things, like, there was a... For a small fireplace base that only ever seemed to have, like, 20 men in it, a mm. lot of them die every assault <laughs> yeah, no, and then suddenly yeah. regenerate. They just seem to have this... Actually, the entire US Army in this very small encampment. I suppose the way I thought about it is that quite early on, once it had got to the base, right, I was definitely, I was kind of enjoying the subpar acting. Yeah. But I thought it was sort of putting me in mind of Assault on Precinct 13. Now, Assault on Precinct 13 is obviously a better film than this, but the point is it was reminding me of that because of its slightly sort of B-movie, exploitation-y, schlocky kind of atmosphere and it did remind me it wasn't nearly as good as night of the demons because i honestly think no. night of the De- sorry night of the demons 2 yeah, which yeah. honestly i do still think is one of my favorite things we've watched on this podcast yeah yeah i'm with you because i really just enjoyed it so much and it didn't have any of that sort of 
Well, it didn't make me laugh like that did, but it still they were a little. It was just such a weird, uneven film to watch. The way it kind of went for these really stupid, unfunny sort of laugh bits, and then would go back into war. But as well, and the other reason I think I enjoyed it is because, as I said earlier, I was the kind of kid that got out missing in action three. And would go, oh, this is brilliant, and eat crisps and watch Missing in Action 3. <laughs> I would have loved this if I had got this out I back might, in 1989. I, I, I might have loved it, but I'm not sure I, I ever would have not hated how bad Wingshauser is. Oh, I love Wingshauser in this. Honestly, I'm, I've, I've, I'm now a Wingshauser fan. I think he's great. And, and yes, he, he has my best line, worst line. Do you want to hear it? Oh yeah, I've got I've, I st- I I've got about seven. I had to stop after a while. I know what you mean, and I really couldn't pick one. And to be honest, I think I've picked a slightly subpar one. <laughs> but it's basically Wingshauser just at one point, and it's delivered really badly. Says, "Ah, Jesus, fucking war." <laughs> <laughs> I see. My favourite Wingshauser was, "This is Vietnam." You understand. Even the girls have got balls. Oh my god, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, it, it's awful. I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say don't watch it. I am going to say, uh, for an exploitation war movie, go ahead, watch it. It's, it's a whole bunch of fun, but it is terrible. I'm definitely different. I think you definitely should watch it, and I really do suggest a all nighter with this assault on precinct thirteen and maybe Zulu. You know, three good siege Ooh. movies. This, oh god, I think Zulu would walk off in disgust if you put it anywhere near the siege of family's glory. <laughs> I don't, I don't really rate Zulu that much. Uh, it's got moments. Yeah, it definitely has moments. But by Jove, it's got some bad bits too. But I like yes. the cast anyway. Yeah, I bad. think this is great. I would still give it a B minus, but I liked it. Oh no, this is like this is a D for me. B minus for me. This is our this is our biggest disagreement for ages. Yeah, it is. No, <laughs> yeah, this is just total dross. <laughs> quite enjoyable like I say what? I really consider giving it a Z but it's not bad enough to be a Z and I didn't enjoy it enough to be a Z I didn't revel in it as much no so Jono it, it is you know I, I, I served up a mediocre offering of war <laughs> what's next on our pl- plate of movies our plate of movies that's really weird dude but um, our next on our on our menu is going to be oh, yeah, slightly bad. connected with war. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm losing <laughs> it completely. <laughs> I think we should do revenge movies. Yes, because it's kind of dish. connected. Best you know? served pod. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm, I'm totally up for some revenge movies. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do. Let's, let's do revenge movies then. All right. Nice. And, well, and before before you go though, dude. Yeah. Um, there was just something I was going to... Um, do you remember we did um, sports documentaries? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I loved our sports documentaries. On. Yeah, do, you, you did the Barclay Marathons. Do you remember? Yes, do you remember, do you remember I've rewatched this? it since then, actually. Almost a negative interest because the amount of people I know on social media who um, post about their runs <laughs> Shut up. makes me want to sit even more solidly on my couch. <laughs> Right. Look, don't get me wrong, I like this sport, but uh, I've never, ever, even from the youngest age, enjoyed distance running. <laughs> You're now, such dude. An annoying <laughs> oh, oh, I press play again. Dude, um, what was that you were saying about not liking distance running? All right, what was okay, that about may, Strava? I may have started quite enjoying running, but that's. <laughs> actually, I think that is actually partly inspired by the Barkley Marathons, mm. um, which I watched again about a week ago. 
Is it because you just like pushing yourself to the limit? That's what it is. So I've, I've, I've done a couple of 60-hour uh, races now. It <laughs> started by a lunatic with a cigarette, and I feel better for it. Oh, I, I, I really do like the sound of Berkeley Marathons. I've still not watched it. Oh, have that. you not watched I, it yet? No. It's so good. I've been, I've been a preacher for this among everyone I know. It's I fantastic. keep meaning to watch it. I fantastic. It, yeah. Watch it. Watch it tonight. It's brilliant. I will. I will. Okay, but while Jono watches the Barclay Marathons, mm-hmm. if you out there in Listenerland have a movie or a genre you'd like us to cover, please do drop us a line. www.facebook.com slash wewatchanything will almost certainly not get looked at. However, if you go we watch anything on Twitter you'll get us or we watch anything at gmail.com we do respond to emails we do like emails even though they're a bit you know sort of old fashioned in these modern times we don't have a snapchat because frankly I can't bother to deal with how to use that um, so get hold of us somehow tell us what you like what you don't like what you'd like us to do maybe we should and, get on uh, MySpace we'll on yeah yeah MySpace or a Bebo or whatever yeah what was Bebo oh I don't know some kids social network thing I think it's died oh okay anyway don't contact any of those basically just use Twitter It'll yeah. be easy. Thank yeah. you very much for listening and for letting us spout about slightly mediocre war movies at you. Next time we'll come back and we're going to have some revenge. It will be the revenge because it's going to be a fantastic episode. It'll be like good episode, the revenge. Yes. Which won't be like Jaws for the revenge. No. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. I enjoyed that. Thank yeah, you, everyone, too, for listening. Thanks, I, all. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next time. Speak to you soon. Bye. Can't get any better at these. No. I'm going to send you on a course. <laughs> <laughs>